Hello and welcome to the Bizarre MTG Podcast. This is Jonathan Medina, your host, and I'm here with some special guests to talk about making Magic the Gathering proxies. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Oh, well, hey, thanks. Well, first off, thanks, Jonathan, for having me on the podcast. Uh, my my screen name is The Vodka Boy, and my co-host and I uh, uh, are really happy to be here. Uh, we we run a Discord slash Reddit community for proxies. Right I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'm Ken, too, for a screen name, um, co-creator and co-host as well with uh, the Vodka Boy. And again, you know, thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. I'm a, I appreciate the See, the, the way that I, I found you guys is that I started talking about proxies on Twitter because I got some projects that I'm working on and uh, the vodka boy generously extended my, an invitation to this uh, underground proxy rink that's going on uh, in the discord. And then I, I got to go in there and there's a bunch of helpful people in there. So I appreciate you guys and what you do. We appreciate yeah. you as well. It's, it's <laughs> nice to have a like-minded person. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So tell tell me about your guy, what yourself, so so the listeners know. Um, let's let's start with uh, let's start with you, Vodka Boy. What um, I guess like let's just get an introduction. What got you into into making proxies? How did this start for you? Well, uh, I guess I've always liked magic in general. I I was always always drawn to the artwork first off more than the mechanics or anything else. Uh, I think that's probably partly why I'm a graphic designer and an artist mm-hmm. now rather than, say, like an accountant. Oh, uh, I see. The, the most, I guess the most formative piece of magic art that I was introduced to was, uh, it was a, and in, it was a Urza's, or Urza's Legacy or Urza's Destiny card called like Charm or something. It had some really like, uh, or, um, what was it Lovecraftian monster on it and scared mm-hmm. the crap out of my sister. And I'm like, I already love this game. Keeps my <laughs> sister away from it. So I don't have to share. Therefore it's exactly what I want. And then it just kind of steamrolled with boy scouts and having other people that all kind of started to play. And, and it was kind of nice. And, and that's kind of how I got introduced to it because people started, you know, writing and, you know, I didn't want to write, sharpie notes on cards so Mm -hmm. i started just trying to introduce myself slowly into that arena in about uh i think it was 2015 ish i think right but why like okay so uh to me you kind of jumped over something there you said people were writing stuff on cards with like a sharpie so like one of the traditional ways if you're playtesting a deck or something with somebody and you don't have the card on hand sometimes you'll just take like a uh, a planes because planes is the worst and you'll write you know the name of the card on it right and then yeah. you'll use it as a as a stand-in for like an actual card and um you know I, i've seen that before so you you noticed this was happening and you didn't want to do that not particularly no it 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 felt like i was defacing property it, okay. it felt wrong That's interesting oh so that felt felt wrong to you yeah 
it, it just felt like, why would I want to do that to my own property? Yeah, it's just a piece of cardboard. Yeah, it's just a land. But it just felt, you know, I would prefer the real card, sure. But if I'm going to do that, I'm just going to slip a piece of paper on it or something. Because I can still use the land. Mm. But if I start writing Sharpies on it, it just becomes whatever it is I wrote on it. So no you would print land. you would print out like a proxy style thing and, and stick it in in oh. front of the land. Oh yeah, I would go out of my way in the beginning at least to just get my crappy color printer uh, and just print out like the world's most potato quality render <laughs> of the card <laughs> on the internet and then just slip it into a sleeve or tape it to the card and say, oh, there's my you know tabernacle or there's my whatever. I was I don't remember what the first one I printed was, but yeah, I was basically I just I just wanted to be able to reuse the thing. All right. Attached to. Cool. And how about you, Kentu? How did you get into the proxy making business? Not business, by the way, Wizards of the Coast, if you're listening. There's no money <laughs> exchanging hands. The proxy making subculture, if you will. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, it's kind of the same as, uh, you know, vodka. I, I originally started playing at 93 when it first came out. Um, I had actually never heard of magic at the time, but, uh, my family was kind of going through some stuff and me and my mom weren't really close and she knew that I was like really into video games. So she wanted to try to find something that we could bond over. So one day she came home and had these magic cards. I was like, what is this? So Mm. we started playing some games and learned how to play. And, you know, I fell in love with it. So, you know, I started, you know, taking them to school and showing them to my friends and, you know, they started playing and kind of like what Vago was saying, like after a while, it's like, Oh, I I really want, you know, this card, but I don't have it. So like you said, you know, we just take a land, whatever. And, grab a marker and just start writing on it. But I didn't have those leisures that, that he had because in 1993, you know, internet and computers was still a very new thing, expensive and, you know. Right. Did your mom stay with the game? Like, did she continue to play or did so you move she, past her in like, uh, you know, like you kept with it, she didn't or whatever? Yeah, that's kind of what it was like. She kept up with it for a while till I got to high school. Cause this when I, this was about when I first started middle school. So this was uh-huh. a while back, but you know, she kind of fell out of it. But you know, I stayed with it. But by then, you know, I had a lot of uh, classmates that played in high school. So yeah, you know, that's it, such it a wasn't cool too story, bad. man. That's so cool that your mom played magic with you. How how neat is that? I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are listening who are jealous right now. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. I won't lie. Um, yeah, it's even funny story with that was she literally pulled out a car and was like, "Oh, look at the art on this, really cool." And of all the things, it was a Beta Black Lotus, and <laughs> I thought, "Hey, this is really cool." But you know, at the time they weren't really valuable. I mean, it, right. Black Lotus was like maybe 20 bucks, maybe 40. So I actually had one and I traded it away because it wasn't super valuable. Cause I got like these whole handfuls and piles of cards. So I was wow. like, I thought I got the better end of the deal, but right. You know, as time passed, I realized like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? How could you I know, do this? It's, it's <laughs> trombone noises for sure. It's funny you're talking about this uh, Black Lotus that you owned, but in that same time period, you were proxying things, right? 
Yeah, so, so like, like, what were you proxying that was not a Black Lotus? <laughs> well, at the time, I was really into like red and green cards, and I always loved the uh, Siobhan Dragon, but Siobhan I could never, Dragon. <laughs> but I could never get one. So I'd always grab like I always tried to color code. So I'd grab like a mountains if I wanted to like yeah. proxy a red card, so forth, so forth. Uh -huh. So, you know, I'd be writing Shavar dragon, you know, and trying to like cross out the mana symbol and abbreviate kind of what it does, you know, flying this and that. Mm -hmm. And you know, that that was all we had. But right. you know, as time progressed on, I uh I stopped playing for a little bit, joined the military, and that was when things really picked up for me when it came to uh, proxies and uh -huh. and designs and stuff. You know, I had joined the Navy, you know, went around, and I got stationed over in Japan. I loved it there. Magic is just as big over there, if not bigger. It was wonderful. But uh -huh. I sat down to play this casual game, and this guy had just this random card. I can't remember what it was, but... I realized, like, wait a minute, that's different. Yeah. So in Japan, you were playing, you were playing with this guy, and he has this random card. You don't remember what it was, but it was a proxy. You said, right? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just a random card. And I, I was it like it was a designed proxy. It was like it had its own, like it was like a what would you call it? Like um. Well, like it was beyond the like a marker on you know. On a on a basic, right? Uh yeah, no, like basically, I th I want to say it was like Bane Slayer Angel. I want to say, uh -huh. but he basically like changed the framework, so it wasn't a standard magic frame. And then he had custom art, but at the same time, you know, it still got the point across. Like, hey, this is a Bane Slayer Angel. This is what it does, and mm -hmm. I I just thought that that was so cool. So I was I'd never seen anything like that. Like, is this real? And I asked. I was like, Where did you get this? It's like, is this a promo or uh, what is it? And he's like, Oh, I made it at home. What? You can <laughs> make these? <laughs> oh, that's cool. And you got and then from there you said you got involved in the MTGS community, right? Yeah. And is that is that where you and Vodka Boy met? Unfortunately, uh, no. No, okay. it wasn't. All right. Well, before we get into that chapter of the story, uh, I'll tell you guys where I first saw proxies. So, like, I was playing. Um, I started to play vintage. Okay, so uh, the guys that I that I started playing Magic with, they only had old collections. So, like, I had to. Um, I was just starting out, and they were like the store we played at just played legacy most of the time because all these guys had dual lands and everything, but they didn't want to buy any new cards. Right. <laughs> so, so we would just play legacy, you know, and I'm just starting out. So I'm like trying to get some cards for legacy and uh, that same group of guys, we ended up starting to play vintage and it was in, um, it was on the East coast. So like New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, Massachusetts area. And there was actually a really good vintage crowd there. And, they used to have these um, these tournaments that you can play for a mox, right? Or for some piece of power. And so what they would do with the tournaments, they would allow 15 proxies, okay? But they you couldn't, like, proxy, like, writing on a card. You had to, like, 
like actually make it look like the card. So like you had to get a welding jar and like erase it and then like do your own like mox emerald artwork or your own, you know. And so wow. like yeah, they would not allow you to come with like just like a, a lame proxy, so to speak, something you wrote on. They wanted you to like put the time in. And I remember me and my friends got together and we spent hours like erasing these like welding jars and this um these other ones. There was other ones that you could do for time walk and stuff like that. So you would we would erase these things. And when you go to the event, they would give out a proxy. And the proxy was actually an altar kind of. It was something that somebody took and they paint it like the picture of Grim Tudor on it, like with paints. And then they made like this card into a Grim Tudor and you could win that proxy, like either in the tournament or as a door prize. And then what they would say is like, hey, if you have this proxy, this is like a special, I don't remember what the tournament series was called, but it was like, this is a special proxy. If you have it, it doesn't count toward your proxy limit. Right. So it's like a 15 card proxy limit. But if you have this one, you can have 16. Right. Seems so, fair. Yeah. It was yeah. like a really <laughs> cool, like, it was like, as you can tell, like that kind of proxying in the vintage community, it was so cool. Like, such a, a neat, like, because when you're playing people, you see the way they made their proxies and you like getting that card was like really cool. Like, getting the one that was painted because it was like way better than yours first of all but second of all it was like you know it was like it didn't count so it was like the real card almost you know and uh so that was my first introduction of proxies and i thought i thought it was a very cool like community building kind of thing for the vintage community especially for guys like me who i was just getting in the game you know so having 15 proxies that was like a really a big boon to me you know i later i, I later of course i i not that I think people have to do this, but I think sometimes there's an argument like, oh, if you can just proxy the cards, you'll never buy the cards. And like, again, I don't think that that has to be an argument because I don't think you have to buy the cards. But like, I I did eventually buy a whole set of power, you know, <laughs> because it was like the kind of like being in that culture of vintage, you want to eventually get to your set of power, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we were talking, talking along the lines. You guys have talked about your introduction to proxies. Uh, where are you at now? Let's start with Vodka Boy. What you, you do some pretty, uh, in depth stuff now. It's not like before, like when you first got into it, you're, you're working with Photoshop, um, like, you know, going yeah, deep. Uh, when, okay. So, I guess, uh, I guess the where I should start is. When I first got into it, it was more or less I had no idea what I was doing. That's that's par for the course for most people. Uh, I at the time, uh, MSE or Magic Set Edit Editor was yeah. a viable solution to the problem. At the time when I started, and a little bit before then, I had dabbled with it um, just to make my own cards that weren't even Magic cards, um, but. It just it didn't do it. it. There was it was the resolution wasn't good. There was just something about it that wasn't good enough in my opinion. And I guess mm -hmm. that's uh, a character flaw, if you could call it that. <laughs> uh, I like how you said that. That that almost reminds me when you go shopping. It's like, hey, I can buy this name brand, or you can just buy the no name Walmart brand. It's like which one you want? <laughs> <laughs> Walmart for me. <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever situation you're in is whatever you need at the time. And at the time, MSE worked. 
it right. did it did its job and then around 2014 2015 when i met or was introduced to or met with uh i guess his name at the time was zerby instead of the proxy guy i, I remember him. that actually i remember when his name was zerby yeah yes. Uh, I was at the time I had access to Photoshop, but it wasn't it was just I did it for other things. I did it uh -huh. for work. I did it for other stuff. Right. And it wasn't, you know, meant for magic cards. It was kind right. of like I it was it was the one thing I didn't do with it because I mm -hmm. felt weird doing proxies on my own and things like that. And so I, I got introduced to uh, the proxy guy when he had left MTGS mm -hmm. and started his own website. He had a blog the Google blogs website that he posted stuff on right. and he started a Google plus page when Google plus was still around. And I, I joined there and I got mentor, I guess he wasn't my teacher, but I got mentored when I had questions, he would mm -hmm. attempt to answer them uh, about proxy making. He was like, Oh, if you need it, it's this many pixels or, you oh, know, it's wow. this color or, you know, X or Y. And it wasn't like I got, tutored in it like he didn't show me step by step but it was yeah. enough to get me going so and he's like then, yoda he's like the yoda of proxy making basically yeah if you want to go <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'd appreciate the compliment he loves star wars of course of course so, <laughs> shout out to john yeah. <laughs> exactly uh and then it was just it was just kind of like this downhill snowball effect where it was just getting used to Photoshop and how it works with the things I wanted to do. And uh, you saw my, uh, I guess, the library from the other day. So you you, right. you know where I started. And then it just kind of got out of hand. And I, I got to a point where I just wanted to make a proxy as close to the original as I possibly could get. Uh-oh. Either... Wait a second. This sounds dangerous. Oh, no, no, no. It, I just... <laughs> It was for my own edification. Right, right, right. I just wanted to understand, you know, Wizard's thought process, you know, right, you know right. why they chose these textures, why they chose to do this drop shadow, you know, what makes sense from a design perspective. I think this is like a good little, like, if you're driving down the street and you see a sign where you can take a right and yeah. talk about something, I think we could take a right here because, like, there is, there is like a, a darker side of proxy making, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and when you say, "Hey, I want to get as close as the card as possible," it just rings in my head. Not that you're going to do this or anything, but that some people want to do that for the wrong reason, right? Exactly. Yes. Not for education, right? For I'm, yeah, exactly. They're they're wanting to do something nefarious with the ability to make a theoretical duplicate of a card digitally. Right. And so, like, I think this is a good time to talk about one of the questions we had on our docket was what is the difference between a proxy and a counterfeit? Can too. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. So there's it's it's kind of a double edged sword. So there's not a lot of differences, but there are still enough. So by wizard's definition of what a proxy technically is, uh, I hate to hate to break it because you had such a lovely story earlier with the uh, vintage community, but 
Um, <laughs> but hey, as far as I feel like gonna, that story is still going to be lovely to me. I don't care what Wizard says. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, like the group didn't want you to come with, you know, a bogus, you know, land with writing on it. But technically, from Wizard's standpoint, like uh, if they have a major tournament going on where there's a shortage of cards or there's mm -hmm. an issue with the shipments or something, and they'll authorize or allow, or if a card becomes unplayable, they'll allow a proxy. But from their standard definition, it's basically a piece of paper or a land where you just write on it. No graphical enhancements or anything. Because to right. them, anything that uses their IP pictures, graphical depiction, to them is considered um, not a uh, not a proxy that's allowed. So right, and just to we'll we'll put this in the show notes. But for the people listening, there is like an actual article on this from Wizards of the Coast, and they right. make a, they make a definition of what is a uh playtest card what they call a playtest card which is different you know i guess we are uh, we are calling like proxies in a way playtest cards that's what wizards would call it a playtest card and what is a counterfeit and i'll read a little paragraph from them there and then we can talk more about this it says a playtest card is most commonly a basic land with a name of a different card written on it with a marker Playtest cards aren't trying to be reproductions of real magic cards. They don't have an official they don't have official art and they wouldn't even pass as the real thing under most cursory glance. Fans use playtest cards to test out deck ideas before building a deck uh, for real and bringing it to a sanctioned tournament. This is perfectly fine with us. Wizards of the Coast has no desire to police playtest cards made for personal non-commercial use even if that usage takes place in a store. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's a, that's a gem of a paragraph, right? Definitely. <laughs> that's the word I would use. <laughs> why? why what, tell me your feelings there. What, what's the... Uh, I feel a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't know, There's resentment, animosity. animosity. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree a little bit because, you know, the wording... A lot of these things that they have where their standpoints are, they don't like to update it very much. So you figure when that paragraph was written, this was still in the 90s, you know, maybe early 2000s, where proxy making and digital alters were not commonplace. You know, when well, you saw this, fake... this came out in 2016, but... Oh, um, that's the update. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is up. the updated one from 2016. Okay. So still, to them, they don't really like anything print out because in their mind, any kind of alter means that somebody's going out of their way to, you know, cheat them out of their IP and, and you know, be nefarious when that's really not the case, you know, as we'll discuss later on with a lot of the proxies that we do in our community technically fit the requirements and definitions of what they would classify as a playtest card. Right. That's, the thing, technically that, agree with that. that's the thing that um, I was like, uh, the, the wording is like, it like jumps back and forth. Right. Because like it goes, uh, it says a playtest card is commonly a basic land with a different name or a card written on it. Right. Commonly. 
It doesn't mean that all playtest cards are basic lands with names written on it. And then it goes on. It says playtest cards aren't trying to be reproductions of real magic cards. Now, that could be taken a lot of different ways, right? Like there's there's a difference between trying to get your card to look like a magic card on the front, right? And mm-hmm. trying to reproduce a magic card, right? Because like if, yeah. even if you had it like perfect on the front, if you put proxy not for sale or if you put a different card, well, both proxy not for sale and a different card back, to me, that would not be someone trying to make a reproduction of a real magic card, right? Right. Yeah. But there's also this sentence that comes out, and this is what I mean by jumping back and forth. It says they wouldn't even pass for the real thing under the most cursory glance. So then, like, the back of the card is really not in in discussion here because it's like they're judging by the glance. If you glance at it and it looks like a magic card, it passes for one. It feels like, based on this policy, it could be a little bit in danger. What do you guys think? Um it could sort of, but you know, a lot of people, when they do their own uh, proxies and digital alters, will use an alternate art or will do an alternate frame. So a good example, like let's go with Black Lotus again. Uh-huh. Most people, anybody who's gotten any knowledge knows Black Lotus with only <laughs> alpha, beta, beta, unlimited, unlimited yeah. and that's it. So it's going to have an old frame. Now, if you have a Black Lotus in a M15 frame or yeah. masterpiece, and you have a different art that's not necessarily an official art, but like you get permission, or you you're an artist yourself, I'm not, but uh-huh. get permission to use it, then when you glance at it, you know you're still getting the point across of what you're trying to make, but because of the assets used are different from the original card anybody can say okay at a cursory glance this does not look like a real black lotus it's just a it's a it's a play test yeah, card. represents it yeah. exactly and let me let me put this out there for those who are listening this what we're talking about here is the official stance on counterfeits and play test cards from wizards of the coast again that will be in the show notes but also, th- we're doing a balancing act right now, and I think it's kind of unsaid, but I want to say it so that it's understood. There's this other document from Wizards of the Coast called the Fan Use Policy, right? Oh, boy. We're going to yeah. open a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think the Fan Use Policy gives proxy makers kind of more room than the than the other policy right the policy about counterfeits and playtest cards i feel like gives play, uh, proxy makers less room where the fan use policy gives proxy makers more room would you agree or disagree it yes and no i think the two i think the two documents personally again my opinion uh the two documents are specific in their reasoning because one has to do with like sanctioned events things right. that wizards is responsible for they have an image to uphold they have money involved etc yeah it's silly for them to sanction events f- with people using cards that they did not that did not come from the the tree of wizards of the coast financially right exactly and and then the other the fan use policy is literally well, we're talking about the updated version of 2017. Right. The previous versions obviously were archaic and draconic, but uh, <laughs> the new version off 
allows the community to show the love they have for the product that they play whether or not they take it seriously and you know abide by the fan use policy or not and 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 i think they have they did it on purpose for legal reasons they want the community to be involved they want people to have fun with the product and the ip and they don't want you to obviously make money off of it that doesn't involve them right right they they don't they don't want the way that it was explained to me is they don't want you to use their ip to make money correct um but but they also can't stop you from using certain elements under a fair use policy correct that's right. that's a pretty much a good way of explaining it or describing it is it's wizard's interpretation of their fair use act saying you can use certain aspects as long as you're not profiting off of it which is exactly kind of how the proxy community goes is and that's why a lot of people mistaken it for a gray area or if they wonder if it's legal or illegal it's not illegal it's only is when you start talking about money, sales, or anything like that, but then you're no longer using the fan content or fair use policy. Right, and let's let's clear some of that up. Let's go into that. Uh, let's go in that rabbit hole. And by the way, those who are listening, if you want to get into making proxies, I do want to talk about that. So if you're listening and being like, wow, we're getting into the weeds about this legality and stuff like that, if you want to know how do I get into making proxies, what do, what things do I need to start? What is the, the the typical use? We're going to talk about all that toward the end of the show. So we just want to get through some of these other questions about legality, because like, hey, should you be making proxies, right? Because like, maybe it's illegal. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, Kentu just said it's not, but you know, let's talk more about that. It is illegal to sell a proxy. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Now, is there a way that you could sell a proxy legally? Uh, if it involves money, no. There no. is no legal way to do it unless you get express permission from wizards, which sounds really hard to do, honestly. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. can get express. Um, I think if you approach wizards about selling a proxy, they're going to send you to the fan use content policy. And say you can use it under these these you know things which say you can't sell it. So, but like let's say, what if I made a proxy of a card that just said Mox? No, not Mox. Sorry, it just said like uh, you know Jet, right? Ruby, Sapphire. You know, yeah. um, and and so, oh boy, we're getting into it. Okay. Yeah, what if I just had something that said this? Now, what, let me reference what I'm talking about, okay? And and uh, I think, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there was a set of proxy cards that was that was being sold by Gaming Etc., okay? Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, do you yeah. remember these? And they were Power 9, and I think a library of Alexandria and whatnot. And they would say like, uh, like jet and they would be like, you would use it as like a mox jet or as a mox Ruby. Do you remember those? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, do. I, I, I very much remember those. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is that legal to sell? Because in those, in that, in that situation, they were not using any IP from what I remember 
that of witches of wizards you know they they weren't using any ip they were just had these cards right so, so technically yeah if you do not use anything related to the intellectual property of magic the gathering from wizards of the coast uh-huh. and you're using generic nouns in replacement for the intellectual property or specific nouns things like mox or sisse uh-huh. or specific nouns to the game so the word sapphire is a noun that's generic. They can't own the intellectual property on the name sapphire. Right. So using that with your own frames and your own art, and as long as it's just a reference material and you don't use any IP, they don't have a leg to stand on technically, legally. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at these, and they were like, yeah, they had a different card back. They said, gaming, etc. on the back.com. They said, yeah. Ruby, Power 9, right? And then uh, they had some text, but I don't think it was rules text. I'm looking, I'm trying to actually get a, a better close-up here. Let me see. Um, yeah, there's just quotes. It's just quotes, and they use kind of like gems for the, um, the like, color, right? The color identity. Yeah. They don't use mana symbols. So... Technically, that was legal to sell, right? Yes. Now, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they got shut down by Wizards for selling those, right? A lot of it has to do with perceived uh, other issues legally. Um, I don't mean to step on you, Kentu. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, a lot of it's uh, perceived issues, too. Like... Wizards is going to look at everything that's making money that theoretically is associated with their brand. Uh If something is theoretically infringing on the brand in a negative way, either monetarily or via social media, etc., or via the news, then they're going to want to seek some sort of legal ramification to stop that negative press or the negative ramifications to the brand. And honestly since they're such a big company now because they're owned by hat or they're under the umbrella of Hasbro, right. they can keep uh, gaming, etc., in the courts for years, spending money and spinning in a circle. And then at that point, gaming, etc., either has to make the choice of, do we keep fighting this because technically we're in the right or, and spend tons and tons of money to just to prove that we're right. Right. And lose out or because they're just broke or just, just, concede to the right. yeah that makes sense i think i think yeah i think uh, now don't quote me because i don't know but i think what happened is there was some legal actions taken in sense of in the sense of not like big legal actions it was like there was a letter sent you know and it oh, was yeah. basically it was basically like look you have to stop selling these or else we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tussle right and like yeah. you said, you look down that road and say, well, I don't want to spend legal fees on trying to, you know, how much money are these proxies making? Not much. You know, it, they were not expensive at the time, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I think they were just like, OK, pass. But but technically, you could sell proxies if you were willing to have a have a copyright battle about it. Right. Yeah. In, in that fashion. Now, yeah. Yes. yeah. There's varying degrees of loss there, right? Because like, if you're just making a copy of the card, you're going to lose that 
battle, right? Because <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> right. If you're photocopying a card and then printing that on a blank card, Wizards yeah. is going to go, that's our card. We didn't print that. You owe us money or you're going to stop and we're going to sue you. Okay. And so- there's, there's process to it. But typically, Wizards will go out of their way to send a C and D, which uh-huh. is a C assist for those listening mm-hmm. and uh and if you don't and they find out you're still doing it they will take you to court right yep there's there's no there's no gray area about that if they send so, a CMP, they know they have some legal direction they want to go right and if you keep doing it and you keep doing bad they're going to come in and try to reprimand you by taking you to court now what can you do with proxies? We know we just talked about it. Selling them is a bad idea. Okay. But what can you do? You can build proxies, right? We know that from yeah. the like the combination of the playtest card discussion and the fan use policy. So you can make cards. Um, what can you do with them? You can use them, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yourself for personal uh, use or edification. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else can you do? Well, so I think one of some of the things that I've enjoyed doing with proxies that doesn't involve anything bad is you can do kind of like I do my own Friday night magic where instead of giving out prizes, like I'll have a bunch of proxies and it's nothing official. Nobody's paying any money because there's right. no exchange. But, you know, you just show up, you play, you have some fun and then everybody can pick like a basic proxy that I made as just kind of like a, Hey, like thanks a for prize. showing up. Yeah. Like a yeah. thanks for showing up prize. And then I'll have like a high end one where I'll have like a power nine proxy or something that uh-huh. they could win. Or instead of that, or if they wanted something else, they could have a top prize of tell me what you want and I'll custom make a card just oh, for cool. you, how you want it. So that's one aspect that you can do with proxies. Um, another one that's not really known too much, believe it or not, is uh, draft. Like you can do a cube draft of proxy cards. You can make your own that aren't official magic cards, kind of uh-huh. seal them up in your own, invite some friends over. And you can just kind of do a pre-con or uh, a cube draft with proxies and have a, a new experience that way. That's something that like interests me for. So I'm building the uh, Commander War Chest. I've talked about it a lot uh, in other, other out 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 uh, whatever. <laughs> I want to say outcomes, but it's not outcomes. Other outlets. I've talked about the Commander War Chest. And one thing that's that's interesting to me about proxies is like when you take this this. Uh, I want to play this box with as many people as possible. But like when you take it out on a G- to the GPs or like somewhere where you're playing with people you don't know, there's always a danger. Usually I trust people and give people the benefit of the doubt. But there's always a danger that, uh, you know, some of your cards are going to end up stuck to someone else's hand, you know. And yep. I, I like the idea of having proxies in there of expensive cards instead of just playing with the expensive cards with strangers. You know what I mean? Uh, so... That's one that's one use that like when you're saying cube drafting, stuff like that. Um, I've also seen creators uh, giving proxies away. So like kind of a way to like, um, you know, show appreciation for those who are following you on Twitter 
or show appreciation for those who are part of your patron group or your discord or other stuff like that. Um, is that, uh, that seems to be like a pretty acceptable way to use proxies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do that with our own community, um, periodically, uh, vodka boy and myself get with some of the other community managers that we have. And uh -huh. we like to set up different types of contests, you know, like design a new frame or make a card based off of, you know, this like comic book idea or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, and we'll open it up to everybody. And, you know, once we have our judging and stuff, you know, we can give out different prizes where it's like, hey, first and second place can get, you know, a five or ten dollar, you know, gift certificate, you know, to cool stuff or, you know, yeah. control and toad. And some of the other winners might get a proxy card or something of their choice printed and then sent to them. Uh huh. Uh, we have offered in the past to custom print some uh, winning the winner's uh, card for in real life prize too. Oh, that's yeah. cool! So they design it, and then they get a hard copy of it. Yeah, we'll have one of our other members who's fairly proficient at like personal printing on cards mm -hmm. do the print and then send it out. Okay. Now, is, is there other ways to print these proxies? Like, say, say that I wanted to like make a bunch of proxies for my commander war chest, right? A bunch of playtest cards, let's call them. Why not? Okay. <laughs> um, where where would I print these? How would I how would I make these? Do I print? I could print them on my printer, right? But like to me, that's kind of like kind of poopy, right? You you print out. You know, you print out some stuff on a paper, and then you have to cut the paper out, and then you're, like, sliding it in sleeves, and it doesn't look nice, right? I've seen some of these proxies that these people are giving out on Twitter, um, you know, and they they look like cards. They look very nice. They even Some of them are even foil, you know? It, it's so, dependent on your how much money you want to spend and uh -huh. what your setup is like, honestly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. If you have the money and you don't care, um, okay. you can, That's not me, but let's, for those who are well, listening, who are, you know, a little <laughs> bit bougie, you know, or bougie, uh, let's, <laughs> let's assume that we take money out of the equation. We're right. just going to talk about the methods because okay. I don't want to like pretend that there aren't people listening that have, you know, $10,000 in magic cards that could sell it and do whatever they want with it. So, That's a good point. That's a good point. There are people like that. You could do it. Yeah. So there are. Uh, websites that you can use to get your cards done. I'm not going to go out of my way to mention those, but we can probably put those in the show notes if we wanted to uh, that help you just produce renders, digital proxies for you to print with. Okay, uh, so so what you're saying is like there's a website where you can go that's like Magic Set Editor, right? Yeah, a little probably much better, obviously, okay. than Magic Set Editor, but they, Do you think Magic Set Editor is not good? Like, is it not? Is it is it like the low? Uh, is it on low on the totem pole? Like, not to, not to cast shade, right? We're just trying to figure yeah, out like what, what are the like. Okay, if you had to like, let's talk renders. Renders for those who are listening who don't know, renders are making the actual image of the card, making the, what would be printed. It's not actually printing it yet, but like to make a render, how would you stack? like the 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 methods right we know that photoshop is a method right 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like Photoshop or applications like it, you know. Um, I would consider Photoshop the preferred method at the very, very top. Okay. But it it requires you to actually go about wanting to do things the hard way, doing it by hand or right. having a software, which costs potentially a lot of money. Right. Yeah. It's at the top. It's the most expensive. There are Just... alternatives to Photoshop. But just a they, shout out, by the way, Photoshop, you can get it for $10 a month. Some people consider that expensive. So I'm just saying, right. I'm just giving <laughs> a, I'm just giving a price to it. So oh, people yeah. understand what, what does it cost? You can get Photoshop, I think for 10 or $12 a month. And if you want the whole Adobe suite, it's like $50. But if you wait until Christmas time, sometimes they do a promotion where you can get the whole suite for $30 a month. And for content creators and stuff out there, I think that's like a, a really good deal. But anyways, that's yeah. just a little sideline. So, okay, so Photoshop's at the top. What comes after pho Photoshop applications like it, graphic um, design application? What comes after that? So uh, I think another good one that I would say pretty much on par with Photoshop is called Affinity. And it has okay. a lot of the same features. A little bit different here and there, parts and stuff, but it's not too hard to transition. But the point is, uh, unlike Photoshop, they have a one-time price. So I think it was on sale for like 25 It's normally $50 mm -hmm. for each version, like application that they have. But for Affinity Photo, it's a one-time $50 fee, mm -hmm. and you'll get a license, and you get lifetime updates. So mm -hmm. you never have to pay anything else again. Wow, so, that's that's even that's a great great deal. I, yeah, and I think like the downgrade from that would probably be I'm again not throwing shade, but from right. price perspective, GIMP is like the next step down. Right. Yeah. So this is all in the this is all at the top, right? Using yeah, these GIMP, are like one, two, three. Yeah, using GIMP, using Photoshop, using Affinity. That's the hard way. That's by hand. What yeah. what if you don't want to do it the hard way? What if there's you want to have more of a uh, automatic way to build these renders slash proxies playtest cards? Uh, so with that, we've got a few things that we can offer. Uh, obviously, it's not the most preferred way, but if you're just starting out, Magic Set Editor is a good way to start off because even though as far as our community, it's crude. It gives you a chance to see kind of how the basic elements of a card are uh -huh. pieced together with, during that construction, and it gives them an idea of how cool. it's what it's about, how to set it up, and then from there they can move up. Now, if they don't want to install an application and stuff like that, um, several of our members actually have their own websites that kind of automate this for you where you can just point and click uh -huh. and you can choose, you know, what color, what mana you want, you know, and you can just pick your own art, put that in and then just type out what you want the card to be. And right. then you can save that picture and it kind of takes it a little bit above where MSC is, but it's still uh -huh. very user friendly. So yeah. you would say it would be like graphic design programs at the top and then uh, websites. There's a handful of different websites that can help you render things, right? Yes. And then MSE, Magic Set Editor, at the bottom. 
Yes. I, I also would like to point out that Magic Set Editor is not, has not been updated, I think, since like 2010. Okay. So, so if you just... are, the people listening, if you are going to choose to do go that route and figure it out for yourself and kind of take your time with it, do be aware that it has not updated in a very long time. And there might be features or things that it does not have that you want. Right. Yeah. That sounds like just due to the fact that it hasn't been updated in 10 years is probably why it's on the bottom. Not necessarily the functionality, but the fact that right. just the content is missing uh, yeah. where these websites might actually have that content. Like specific frames they, they, they might be missing or, you know, things that have come out in the last 10 years that are not available at Magic Set Editor. Uh, right. That, right. Yeah. Okay, so what does a person need to get started with doing proxies uh, or making playtest cards? Well, I guess a need. You're going to want to need to have something done. And then (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the basic. And I guess the next step is, oh, I need X card. I guess we'll choose a, a a random card for example's sake we're going to choose sarah's sanctum mm-hmm. I, it's a famous card people know what it is i don't want to rehash a bunch of stuff so we're going to use sarah's sanctum for example so right i need sarah's sanctum for this commander deck or i need it for you know lim- limited or vintage or something right and the next need is i don't like the art on the card okay so the first step, someone's going to go, I was like, okay, so if I just want to replace the art on the card, what's the easiest way to go about doing that? And this and is then, hypothetical, no shade to the person who did the artwork on Sarah Sanctum. Oh, yeah, no. If this you're is, listening, this is some sorry. random Joe. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this, is, this is some <laughs> random Joe who just doesn't like the old art. And yeah, he, he wants no some new, fresh stuff. He wants his frames with a little sticker on the middle. <laughs> yeah, he wants, he wants his new, he wants the new stuff. He wants the juice. Right. Okay, so go on. Seer Sanctum, wanting the Seer Sanctum, the juicy Seer Sanctum. Yeah, he he doesn't want, this person doesn't like the old art, doesn't like the old frame, you know, wants wants that new art and wants a different frame and wants the updated or redded text. And then they're going to have to find a way to get that done. They're going to go to Google or they're going to listen to this podcast and they're going to try a bunch of these options. And the easiest options are going to be things like Magic Set Editor or those websites because they're going to provide you with all the means to do all of those things. You just have to provide the text and the art. Okay. So, like, if you want to get started, you have to have a desire or some kind of concept of what you want, right? And then you have to just go and try these tools, maybe starting with the easiest stuff, like magic set editor or some of these websites and i think if people are like me what they're going to find out now i never tried the sites or anything like that just because i already presume (laughs) that i'm going to do something on there and then there's going to be something i want to change right i don't i don't like the spacing of that or i don't like the way that looks or i'd rather add something here or i want to recrop the art in a different way right um and so like more control Go ahead. Yeah. More control. If you want more control, what you have to go to this other means, right? This by hand method. Yeah. 
that would be the that would be the the uh the the way I would probably think about someone going about it because that's exactly what I did yeah. with my introduction to proxy making or render making or playtest making. So okay. I, I think at this point for all of our users and people listening, um, with that being said, by doing hand and getting more control, what you have, um, a simple Google search or you know joining our community and you know looking around, we do have a lot of people who make uh, preset templates that you can use in Photoshop or GIMP where you don't have to try to recreate the card yourself. Like all the textures and elements are already there for you. And we've simplified that process where you can basically drop your art in and just put your text in and then you can kind of customize your art that way without putting a lot of work in there. So that we do offer that for newer people or if you don't have a lot of time, you can go that route. Right. That's a good point is that making stuff by hand probably starts with manipulating some of these templates that have already been made and Correct. getting getting your feet wet. That's something I'm doing now. I'm not building templates. Uh, I'm manipulating pre-made templates and uh, and trying to figure out what kind of mechanism. I'm already learning some cool things, you know. The Vodka Boy showed me some of the lingo, uh, the twins and pin lines and whatnot. And, and like, yeah. I'm starting to understand the makeup of a, of a um, template so that now I can add my own stuff or I can, you know, I can attempt to make some changes to that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now let's say, okay, so someone wants to get into this, they can uh, ask about the community. Now, if you want to join this discord, by the way, you're hearing about it. Um, it's important that the people who join the Discord are vetted and just uh, talk to and kind of um, it's it's more of a it's a you know it's not it's a, super public, right? The Discord. Yeah. It's, okay. So I guess we should dig into that then. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. dig into that a little bit. <laughs> okay. So wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Before you know what? Sorry to throw you off, no, no, but like I think we're going somewhere. And before we okay, before we talk about the Discord. What I do want to do is keep going on the train of thought we were going. Somebody wants to get into this into this hobby, uh, this subculture of creating playtest cards. Yes. They have found out, they have a concept, they started to, to play with the tools, maybe they joined the, the community, maybe not, and uh, they're on their way. Here's the next question. Once you get a render, how do you make it a card? So like you have you can print it on a paper like i said and stick it in your cart right yeah. that's one way that's that is that's one the way. old school way yeah <laughs> i don't like that way um, no it's not pretty <laughs> I, yeah it's gross right so like what other way can you make a card i know that some people were using like vinyl they were like printing on vinyl and then like sticker making the sticker and stick it on a card um that that, that was one way that's that's another way right which is but yeah. it's the thing is it's very difficult to like find this vinyl and the and the oh, yeah. um you know and the kind of uh you know I, I guess you could get stickers printed if you want it um which yeah. sounds very yeah. expensive right it there's, is there's a few other ways that i that i've personally tried before my uh finalized method but another way is surprisingly just going over to your local um office depot or uh -huh. 
any kind of supply store. And I think it's the Avery company brand or whatever, but they make uh, normal sized pieces of paper that are sticker paper that you can literally put in your printer and you can print oh, wow. on them, cut it out, and the whole backside is a sticker. So you can kind of get like a basic LAN or a common car that you don't want yeah. and just put the sticker on there. So it would be like a full length Magic Card sticker okay. that you could just put on a LAN. That's another you, way. You can also order those stickers straight from Avery's website, by the way, too. Yes. So that's another way that's really easy to go about. Now, I know a lot of people listening. The, the main one that, they, that they're waiting for us to talk about is printing it at home on your own printer. And yes, yeah. you can do that. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now is that's a very taboo subject that we don't really talk about much because that's where you get into people abusing things. Um, it's not completely off limits, but you're going to have to really find some people that are willing to talk to you about that, but it can be done printing, printing directly on Now, cards. when you say printing at home, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. why is that taboo? I don't understand. So, okay. Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> you want me to take I, I'm, that like, one? totally in the dark. Like, we, I don't I know. That's like, fine. What so, you know? <laughs> we've been dealing so, with this for years, so it's yeah. kind of uh, a thing. So, basically <laughs> what ahead. it is, with technology as the way it's going, Printers are really good. You know, mm -hmm. used to be you can never buy, you know, a laser jet printer, and all of a sudden now you can. Then it was colored laser jet printers, and the quality of things that you can print out, if you know how to do it, you can print some good stuff. Well, people figured out how to take an actual magic card, blanket, like you're saying, but instead of painting on it, being able to run it through their, you know, printers at home mm -hmm. and actually print their digital alters on an actual magic card. And that's what you're seeing a lot of on Twitter is people doing it at home with the methods we would prefer not to discuss mm -hmm. and getting the quality of the things you see in foil at a quality that's kind of reminiscent of or close to an actual magic card. Exactly. Now when I was doing legit MTG, that's like old, old school stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I used to, um, so I used to own a company that we bought and sell magic cards and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, we made tokens, right? For sure. Like, you know, I had a zombie token. My friend JR had a wolf token. Uh, they were really gnarly. That was a artwork by Polish Tamales. Shout out to Polish Tamales. But um, we printed that. Why couldn't I just print like like to that token maker right why couldn't i just send the token maker my render and be like make these what's, uh, the, what's the deal with that so I guess. technically you can um again this kind of goes back to wizard's policy of what they consider counterfeits or um implication like ideas of making an actual card well the mm -hmm. issue is with tokens tokens technically are not their ip now, the elements no. on the card, you know, the frame, the, that stuff is, but, you know... Well, like the we tokens covered... we made were, like, completely, like, made by hand. They were not, like, we didn't use any wizard's yeah. IP or any any frame of theirs or whatever. We made our own frame and all this kind of thing. But, yeah. Wizards, yeah, that's perfectly legal. I was going to say, wizards doesn't seem to be too terribly concerned about token making. The uh -huh. uh, custom stuff, 
art, whatever, hand-drawn, whatever, because there is a lot of official Magic the Gathering artists that make their secondary income via custom tokens. tokens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know RK Post has a lot of tokens. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I've got custom stuff from him, but it's just, you know, Wizards seems to be... Uh, okay, the Wizards of now versus uh-huh. the Wizards of 10 years ago are very completely different companies in uh, terms yeah. of like they're what they're willing to go after illegally mm-hmm. and what they're willing to let slide. Okay. And it looks like tokens are the kind of gateway, I guess, for other people to make money with using stuff for Magic the Gathering, not with Magic the Gathering. Right. So like it sounds to me though, like having your your render printed in a way that I would have a token printed is kind of maybe not good, right? Or again uh as long as you're not selling it and uh and you're using it for personal use or giving it away i don't see a problem uh-huh. yeah but if you venture into that realm of you know i'm doing this render on a token but you're still using the frames that wizards uses uh-huh. or the mana symbols or the specific intellectual property verbiage nouns then you and you're selling it even for a dollar you're still running into that same problem you'll notice that uh the person cardamajigs on twitter right. who sells tokens real real legit tokens because he's got his own printing press and everything else mm-hmm. um he doesn't allow people typically to print cards or tokens for cards uh that use intellectual property i i might be wrong that may have changed but for the most part Things like Eldrazi, either spawns or sires, just aren't tokens available typically. Uh, I see. I see. Okay. So there's As some. A... So bef- so like there's some different ways you can do it. You can print it the old way on a paper or print it on a sticker. Um, you may be able to get it printed at um, uh, someone who prints things, right? Um, yeah. But but it's the same dance that you're talking about with mm-hmm. making sure. That your con that the thing that you're doing, it, it abides by wizards' policies, and that you're not selling it, right? Correct. Now there are some people who sell this stuff, right? Like I've seen, like what is it, like Etsy stores and Pinterest, or not? I don't know Pinterest, but Etsy and like eBay, and yeah. like people just straight like, yo, look at this tundra, I'm selling it. Like, why are they allowed to do that? You know what I mean? Like, why can they do that? Like, that seems like totally illegal, right? So that's that's a big can of worms. But in a nutshell, they're still not allowed to. But these companies are so big, they can't monitor everything. So one of the things that we can do to help combat these things, um, you know, and again, it depends on what they're selling. You know, if it's something that's clearly... You know, a digital altar that's a fake, even though they're not trying to pass it off as real, it's still using those IPs, but... Yeah, there was, like, uh, I want to say it was, like, dual lands. I saw someone on eBay selling these dual lands, and it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, you know, I don't want to say it wasn't counterfeit, because, you know, the definition of that is whatever, but it was, like, clearly not the dual land card. It was, like, a, like, a, what you, you know, a render, right? It was, like, yeah. some using right. different art and but but it used the, the game text and everything and they were straight selling it and i was like i messaged them and was like hey uh i don't think this is legal 
And then they're like, it's legal. That's how they're, that was their only response back to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. It's, dude. A, it's a really gray area, but, you know, technically it is illegal. But, mm-hmm. you know, given how 2020 has been this year, I mean, let's face it, it's been a terrible year. And there's a lot of people who are having financial issues. So this may be, in their minds, a venue that allows them to create a source of income. Right. So they're desperate and they may not necessarily consider those legal ramifications. Right. So I, I that's, understand. Yeah. That's one aspect of it. But like I was saying, you know, these companies are really big, so they can't monitor everything. So we tell all of our people and our communities, you know, if you see these things, you know, report it. You know, you don't have to, you know, message the person, but, right. you know, send an email to ebay or etsy whatever or whoever their uh, host provider is uh-huh. yeah and just let them know hey this is ip of wizards of the coast and usually they'll handle that situation or um, even saying this may be right because like maybe you're not an ip lawyer and don't know like hey is this okay or is it not sometimes it may not harm just to be like oh this this may be a violation of copyright laws or you know uh, it's this kind of thing. Yeah, right. Just really report it. Are, yeah, just report it to the body, the website. Uh-huh. And if that doesn't work, report it to Wizards. Just yeah. legal at wizards.com. Email them. Say, hey, this link to this page to this person are selling counterfeit magic cards, either to pass them off as real or making money off of your intellectual property. Wizards mm-hmm. do all the legwork. <laughs> yeah, they got. They have the legal system. They they know what they want. So if they don't get shut down, then Wizards is deemed that it's not an issue. If it's something of concern, you know, they may reach out and let you know, hey, thanks for letting us know, and then they'll take whatever actions they feel you know are appropriate. All right. But but yeah, there's nothing wrong with reporting anything. You might feel bad, but they don't know who it is. And even if it's nothing, <laughs> if it's nothing, hey, nothing happens of it. But, you know, it's always better to be safe. And the reason why we say that is one of the things that's a little scary with proxy making is even though you make a digital render of a card for your personal use, you know, we do enjoy sharing them with each other in the community and right. you know, we post it, but there's a lot of times where we'll do something and we'll share it with people and it's like, hey, that's really great. Well, the problem is so do these other people who are on eBay selling proxies and they basically take the work that we've done for our creations Right. Pr- print them on real cards and then they try to sell them as if it was theirs. Yeah. You know, that that goes in that same handbasket of if you recognize somebody's work, like, hey, I saw, you know, Kentu posted that or Vodka mm-hmm. Boy made this. Why is this person selling it? You know, report right, right. it. Because at that, that point, that's ahead. where we were going a minute ago, right? When I stopped the train and kind of backed it up a little bit. We wanted to talk about why maybe the discord is a little bit gated right yeah and and i think this is a good good segue right because it sounds like you know if people are taking things from this discord where you're all sharing this with the intent to share and make it freely available like the fan use policy and and this kind of thing uh you know it feels like there could be some nefarious characters in these discords yeah that's the word for it (laughs) <laughs> so 
what word would you use? What word would you use? I mean, so the Discord as it as it was when we first migrated from Google Plus was open. We wanted everybody to migrate from Google and wherever to the new location because Google was shutting down. We right. would try to save what we could, and that was that. And when it was open, literally everybody from around the net who had a friend who was part of some other community came over and joined. We have something like 200 and something members right now, uh-huh. but that's paltry in comparison to what Google Plus had. Okay. Anyway, during that time, we kept seeing people taking a lot of the things. So this was around, I guess, Amonkhet, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I had a, I had, I made, I spent a month working on recreating from scratch the Amiket invocation frame, and I and I spent an inordinate amount of time, obviously, and some person who uh, was either part of the original community or saw my, I guess, raw renders, used the opportunity to take them strip out the art, strip out the text, add their own text and own art, and then proceed to use it for their website to sell. Uh-huh. And it just it ran me raw because I was just like, well, that's not very nice. And then we step, we kept seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. And over and over again. So we just decided uh, we're just going to close up the community. The community will stay in existence, but we're not going to leave it open. And if people want right. in... They're going to have to get in touch with us in some way. So we, in that respect, we also added the Reddit, uh, subreddit, the Proxy Factory. Uh-huh. Because we wanted another avenue for people to get in touch with us. Because at that time, we didn't have an email address to use. Right. Okay. So, the and by the way, that'll be in the show notes for everyone to... So now you understand why the Discord is a little bit gated. And, you know, it, it is important to, to make sure that proxies are being used or playtest cards are being used in a way that is legal in a way that is by the book, by the Wizards of the Coast, uh, sometimes confusing and uh, murky book, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, so we had some, we had some questions from some people on Twitter, but before we do that, I wanted to see, is there anything else you want to add to this conversation? Either of you. Um, I think just overall in general, you know, we, we want to provide the community with an outlet to express themselves, um, artistically, whether it be through the art, through creating their own frames. But I want to say overall, the ultimate goal of our entire group isn't to, be private and only allow certain people, but instead is to bolster the confidence and education of our members in our community. So what we've seen in the past was a lot of um, Reddit groups and other communities, bad actors, will you know, come and join the groups and do requests and, you know, gimme, 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 make this for me. And while we have no problems taking requests and helping people, Uh we want to encourage education of learning how to use Photoshop, use these programs so that they become self-sufficient. So that way we'll teach you the tools to make your own. You know, the old saying, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him a fish, feed him for a lifetime. 
Right, and right. Because you can't be cooking these people dinner all the time, right? Like you guys have other stuff to do. You, you know. So if it becomes like a gimme party, right? Then it's uh, it's a problem, right? In the end, yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, I think the only other things I guess I wanted to add were pretty much what Kentu said. We we don't like being private. We want to be public, but with all the people who like what we have. It just becomes a party of give me what you have and then leave and then use it and then use and abuse and then throw it to the side. And it is what it is. I mean, I can't stop, you know, Joe Schmo from taking something of mine and using it for their own deeds. So right. I'll do everything I can to protect the community as best I can. And we'll go from there. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get to some questions. Uh, there's one that I know, uh, the vodka boy will be answering. It was from, uh, is this a man? It was Rude? a hard, yeah. yeah. Uh, proxies only here. <laughs> we'll just use it because I don't, I can't pronounce your first name and I apologize for that. But, um, this person said, how do you find the space between too much and not enough? I don't understand I, what the question is, but I, maybe you did. Uh, I think I, I'm going to assume, presume to assume, which is a horrible practice, but I'm going to assume they meant talking about frames and art. Mm -hmm. um, if that's the case, then thumbs up to me for reading into that. If not, <laughs> please respond in Twitter, and I will try to explain the best I can to answer your question. Okay? Uh, so it, a lot of it has to do, when I, I mentioned it, depends on what your goal is when you're making a render uh -huh. uh, if you're if you are trying to make an old school card you know pre eighth edition and you want that old frame then you're going to be stuck with you know a really small area for the artwork and if your goal is i kind of like the i i, I want to expand that i want bigger art you have to do some sacrifice and the and the question is how do you find the space between too much art or not enough art, I think just has to be what you want as your end goal. So we'll take uh, expedition or no um, box topper extended art type stuff, mm -hmm. for example. A an extended art frame gives you the maximum theoretical amount of space official from Wizards perspective. And it allows you to see all this cool art and get all the text and the rules text in there. Mm -hmm. And I guess the marriage between the two, some people don't like all the extra art. Some people want only art. And you kind of just have to find that middle ground that actually works for you as the person making it. Because I've got renders where I've chosen to just put a frame around the edge, the very, very, very edge, and mm -hmm. then float the text on top of the art. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look great. It works. I can read it, but it doesn't look great. And that's yeah. that's just how it works. And I, I don't have a, you know, a end-all, be-all method to answer that. It it really is just a, a tightrope walk between the two. What makes sense versus uh -huh. what doesn't look good. And when I say doesn't look good, it's going to be subjective to the person making it. Right. Right, and and I think that it, it is uh, an art, not a science, in that sense. In um, one one thing that 
one thing that could help is also where are your eyes drawn? You know, yeah. uh, think about your one of the, the biggest things that, you know, I learned from being like um, um, like a like a faker uh, graphic designer is you want what where do you want the focal point of what you're doing and see with your eyes? Your eyes are a test, right? Just test. Where do your eyes go? And what does moving elements on the card do to that to where your eyes drawn and and you just have to make sure that when you're looking at the card it feels right in the way that you're seeing it if it doesn't feel right then it's not it's not what your vision is for it a lot of the art community not the graphic design community but the art community in general when you make a piece of artwork a poster a painting or whatever uh, i call it the flow and it's usually called like the the it's the flow of your eye line across the image. Where does it go first, and where does it end up, and where is it in the middle? And during that flow, does the essence, does the meaning, does the statement that you're trying to make with that piece of art come across to the person viewing it? Right. I like that. I like that. Kentu, do you have anything to add to that question that we presumed to assumed what uh, was being asked? Um, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think the only thing that I would say is if the person is referring to creating their own template from scratch, like a custom one, uh-huh. and they're asking that question, a lot of what you guys said pretty much goes in tandem with it's a balance between how much frame do you want on the card versus how much art? But importantly, like you said, is does it convey what you feel? Is it getting the point across where you want the focus to be on the art? Do you want the focus to be on the framework or something else? Because like I said, there's different things where some people listening may have used or heard of super art, where it's basically just a little pen wire frame around uh-huh. And then the whole thing is just art with a few elements of the title bar and right. the, the type bar. Whereas uh, I've personally made some templates that had very intricate framework where that was more of the focus is the framework and the art, not so much the other stuff. So it's a balance of what allows the card to have visibility and readability for your magic stuff because you have to put text in there versus what your vision of your frame or what your goal is. So that's, I think that's the only thing I want to add with that as far as the balance, if they're creating their own template or frame from scratch. Okay, I I do want to throw a bit of shade though. I think I'm going to do it. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to anger so many people. Those of you who sell, I don't care if you sell it or give it away, those of you who put anime chicks on your lands, including islands, should <laughs> be ashamed of yourselves. Uh, I'm sorry. That's annoying. It's obtrusive. I can't tell it's a land card. For shame. Okay. I, uh, I do have to agree. It's uh, to each their own preference, but yeah, that's one of those things uh, I'm not really a big fan of myself. Right. I think you want to make your your gaming like if you're going to be gaming with other people, you want to make it more welcoming to them and not uh, put things in your gaming space that would make it unwelcoming. Um, you know, 
I think I think that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that stuff either. Um, I feel like we're gonna get an influx of anime chicks on land cards in the Discord. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, to each their own, and we're not bashing anybody saying that it's wrong or. Don't well, it sounds like it, the Baka but... Boy was throwing shade, you know, and uh, maybe and he I, was. I'm not like, uh, you know, I'm not down with it, anyways. Like in general, I, I think it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, let me put it this way: like, if I brought my daughter to the to card store to sit down and play some ma- games of magic, and people are whipping out cards with. Um, you know the way that anime girls are usually portrayed or whatnot on these islands and whatnot i'm not going to be happy about that you know what i mean i agree yeah. uh, we would leave you know and wouldn't i'm not gonna you know take the person out of their seat or anything like that you know but <laughs> you know but it's not you know it's not something that i think is is very cool you know um there's lots of other things that people put on cards that i think are not cool too sometimes you know uh, i won't get into all of that but I did want to talk about what you were saying with the frames. Um, one thing to remember is that sometimes, like some people would ask, like, well, why would you want more frame than actual art? Or why would you want the frame to take the focus? Well, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that artistically, right? Because yes, if you want the the scene to feel like you're looking at the scene through like a window or like, you know, you want it to feel distant in some way. That's important. Like, if you were to do Innistrad cards with, like, the frame looking like uh, like a wooden, you know, doorpost that you're looking through, right? And you're seeing zombies out there or something like that, you know? That transforms the the actual card itself into some kind of, you know, artwork as a whole, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes they use, like, the frame... To, to convey action by like the breaking of the frame, right? Sometimes they put the frame there so they can break it with like a hand or a, you know, and you see, oh, this is action. Something's happening, you know, power action, some kind of movement is breaking the frame, you know, right. or to show, um, you know, bigness. So yeah. less frame, maybe you have bigger art, um, you know, more frame, maybe the scene is like claustrophobic or it's lonely or it's desolate or, you know, other things, you know. It could be that. Uh, A prime example to that, I mean, is one of Magic's most favorite um, new frame ideas, you know, when it first started. And a prime example of that is the Kaladesh uh, inventions. You figure, you know, that gold uh, mythic rare color and a very intricate uh, border and framework that was the focus to say hey check out this frame and it, the art complemented the frame but the focus was on the frame to show something new so that would be an example of kind of what you're talking about where why a frame would maybe be more important than the artwork where you look at the box toppers where you have that extended art where the art is more of the focus right uh I added something to the chat, the broadcast chat, but I'm going to pick a different image. But basically, I was just trying to illustrate what I was going after, or what we were going after. And you, I guess I'll add this back to my Twitter at some point in the future. But uh-huh. I just wanted to show something that was like 90% frame and 10% art, uh-huh. mostly for the aesthetic of what I was trying to tell. Okay. Wow, I didn't realize it was going to be that big. Oh well. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't see it's gone. 
Uh, I I'm adding a different one. I didn't realize it was that big, but it's a. I wanted to. It's definitely rough, but I just wanted to. Uh, I added a new one, but I wanted oh, to illuminate manuscript, yeah. uh, illuminated manuscript, and kind of give you that old, you know, hey, it's a tome of spells for yeah. your wizard, and here's the art of the spell happening, and here's what it does, and all this interesting little bits. Right, right. I see what you're saying. And it, it just kind of tells a different story, and I, that's what I wanted for that particular render. And I think it tells. I think it also kind of tries to answer that same question that we were trying to answer before, you know, what's too much frame and what's not enough, but it depends on what you're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. We have another question learning how this is from uh, TCG addiction CA uh, on Twitter. Um, they are at CA underscore TCG uh, learning how to make templates seems unnecessarily daunting tips and tricks question mark so i think we kind of covered this a little bit but we can expand on it here we said that hey maybe use some templates that have already been made right yes. yeah uh, so so like use these templates that people offer for you to get started with and then um you know go from there now uh, i might take a little bit of uh, issue with the word unnecessarily right because like um it depends on what you deem necessary, right? Because like, yeah. if you want to do things quick, then maybe doing a template is not the way. Maybe it's like going on one of these websites we talked about or using Magic Set Editor. But like, if it's necessary to you to have full control, then it's not unnecessary, right? To to use these uh, templates to, to have that full control. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'll also say that something I'm learning in the from being in the group is there are some automation things oh, that chilly. okay that that, <laughs> these, that yeah you know I I don't I don't know if uh you know I want to share too much about all that stuff because I don't know who wants you know what to be known or whatever but I like mean, it's on GitHub yeah it's on GitHub and what it is it sounds all super scary but it's really not. Uh, there's a there's a user on there, um, and and they call him Chili for short. But ch is it Chiliax or yeah, Chiliax? Chiliax. Yeah, yeah. Chiliax. All right. Uh, this guy has made these scripts that go inside of Photoshop, and the one that I find very useful is you can right click on the text and say format, and it will turn your it'll put all the tap symbol and the the mana icons and stuff like that. So, like, when you're asking for tips and tricks and things that you can do, there are some automation things you can do in Photoshop that are already provided by some people in the community to make it a little bit easier so you're not doing things by hand. And I think once you start to, like, now that I'm starting to figure things out, I'm starting to get a little bit quicker about, like, oh, I'm going to add this here, add that, you know. Um, uh, you know, I use Scryfall to grab some of the information and stuff like that. Um, it's it's becoming a, like a little bit easier for me. Yeah, it's we had the same issues when we first started doing it. We didn't have a lot of people to help us, you know, create proxies, to create templates, and we had to figure it all by hand and we've noticed that a lot of people want to try their hand at this too, but 
finding the time to, you know, share years of experience and tricks that we've learned, it's just not feasible. So, you know, we've really promoted throughout our community, you know, between ourselves and our users to make tools, websites, and other resources available. So that way we can kind of help people educate themselves with a little bit of, you know, computer assistance or script assistance. So that way it's not so daunting to, you know, jump in and say, how do I use this Photoshop? You know, what do I click on? What's what, you know, it kind of helps automate some of it. It eases you into it and it can make it a little bit more fun where it could be a passion or something that you want to get into versus as somebody would say, unnecessarily difficult and try to find an wow, easier really way. really throwing shade at this guy. I was, I was <laughs> going to say. Sorry. I was going to throw under the bus, but. <laughs> he just asked the question, guys. Come on, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he does make a fair point, though, is if you're not familiar with this stuff, it really can seem daunting. And that's that's our whole goal. And unnecessary, make too. Because like, like, let's be fair. Okay, let's, let's, let's ask the fair question. Like, how much do you gain from doing it by hand versus just doing it, like, on one of these websites? How much do, is it actually worth it? That's the question. Uh, so, again, it depends on what your goal is. If you want to create something that's really artistic, like, let's use the uh, Planeswalkers as an example. A standard Planeswalker that you look at you'll notice that like their head or maybe their arm or something clips just a little bit over the frame and we call that art spillage mm -hmm. but let's say you have this really awesome art that you could see you know hanging over the frame like you know they're reaching out to grab something or they're getting ready to step out of the magic card mm -hmm. with those programs you can't do that but when you use you know photoshop or programs like that with more control you can isolate certain elements of the card or artwork and change how they're presented on that picture or the card you're making and it gives you that freedom to extend things that you just can't do with those basic programs right but like how much is that worth right like is it is it unnecessary it could be unnecessary for some people right because like oh, yeah. some people just don't want to do that right they, they're not interested in such minute details maybe they're like so like to be fair i think it could be unnecessary depending on your yeah. goals right like, absolutely and, like for uh, me, I'm it's not because I I just like to me it's like I want you know I want control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if you're just wanting to print something or make something that you could just use, you know, on a quick notice, then yeah, definitely it wouldn't necessarily be something that you would need. It would be useless. But let's say you're a content creator, like you know, in our case or yours, where you want to make something that you want to give away or something that mm -hmm. represents your skill or, you know, your community or group, then you're going to want to put more time into making a quality product. And in that case, you may want to have that control, which then it becomes worth your time to showcase, hey, we care about our, you know, members we care mm -hmm. about the product that we're giving away even though it's not an official product we want to have something proud that people can say oh man hey i got it from these guys or i won this in a contest versus right. hey i got a game in 20 minutes 
All right, slip that in there. Good to go. So, oh yeah. I had something I wanted to say, but I lost my train of thought. Well, you put this asterisk in the broadcast chat. Does it have to do with this? Oh, I, I, I added it to give an example of like completely over the top, unnecessary, theoretically, uh, spillage. This estrid okay. was taken from the original full art from the original Jonas uh, uh-huh. Voss. And I just went way out of my way to just make the masks float out of the frame and do all this crazy stuff that honestly is completely unnecessary to get across who or what this person uh-huh. is. It's an example of what we're trying to talk about. Right. It's like full art, you know, spillage, you know, floating text, all this crazy stuff. If I were to have done this one, it looks so great. I would have just put the text on the back. Right. <laughs> right. It's like they'll put it as their commander. And then like uh, I would maybe have just put like the regular one on the back, you know, or something, so they could see what it does in case somebody asks, you know. But yeah, this one looks great. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a prime example of, you know, going back to what we were talking about, you know, choosing what what's too much and what's not enough, you know, right. what what's your goal. But those are good examples of what you might feel is too much or not. Right. And I'm different, right. I'm different than, than the vodka boy. So, you know, he chose to do it his way and I would do it differently if it was me. And that's the cool thing about this is everyone can do what they want to do. Exactly. I'm going to add one more to the chat just because. All right. And while you're doing that, uh, let's wrap up with some other, uh, is there anything? Oh, that one looks awesome. It's an Aminatu with a huge art, full art, (laughs) <laughs> Another one that I would have put the text on the back because it looks so good, like just chilling. But um, yeah, anything else that we want to talk about? Um, I, I'm not really. I mean, I mean, it depends. Like, I could get into all kinds of stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about the length of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's do this. Um, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, we'll tell people where they can find you. And uh, and then uh, if 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 they want us to do another episode based on this, I did this with the Magic Fitness Podcast, right? If people, they want to hear more, they want to hear certain topics discussed about proxies and whatnot and playtest cards, if they have specific questions, we can do another episode together. That sounds fine yeah, with me. definitely, yeah. All right. Very cool. So uh, why don't you tell the audience where they can find you? Go ahead. Well, uh, we do have a uh, Reddit page. Uh, pretty simple. Reddit.com slash uh, the proxy factory. Uh, that's open. Uh, anybody can come and join, uh, post things. Uh, as stated earlier, we do have a Discord Um we do accept people and we do let people in, um, but we do have kind of like a, like you said, a, a small vetting process. So uh, we do have an email that we can add at the end for the notes for people who want to send an email to our group box. And we can review that and get in touch with you. And then, you know, we can send you a link to join the Discord. Uh, so that's another way you can get a hold of us. Another way, uh, if you still use Discord, uh, you could message us directly. Uh, I am at Kentu, uh, hashtag 0226. We'll have that in a little 
pad information so you don't have to remember that. Uh, you could also reach out to the Vodka Boy, either one of us, and you can just ask us, even if it's just a basic question from earlier from the podcast or something else in general, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we'll we'll try to answer the best we can. Uh, I do want to mention that I do try to, if people do message me, I do try to answer any questions on Twitter. That is my social media of choice. It's at the vodka boy. Uh, just I'd like to keep it the same across all of my stuff because I'm boring. So and easy, <laughs> nice. So we'll have all of that in the show notes. Um, I also wanted to shout out the vodka boy at least here because um, I was talking with him about some special uh, graphic design projects that I might have coming down the pipe. And if you are out there and have graphic design projects. Um, and you're looking for someone, you're, are you still accepting, uh, projects right now or are you booked up? Uh, currently I'm open, um, with the, I live in Oregon. So currently with the, the fires and COVID, uh-huh. it's been kind of slow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so if you are looking for graphic design projects, not only card frames and stuff like that, but like just uh, any kind of, like, there's so many things that I personally need done. And, uh, and I've been in conversation with the vodka boy about, but like, you know, um, I'm sure that like, uh, stream, stream stuff, you know, overlays and things like that, whatever, uh, I'm sure he can handle all that. So, um, just a shout out to him there uh, again, his information and Kentu's information will be in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us and listening to us talk about magic proxies and the subculture behind it. And, uh, oh, for me, yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, you're listening to the podcast. So, hey, that's the, that's a good start. Um, you can get me on Twitter, Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A underscore M-T-G. And you can find me on Patreon by the same uh, moniker there. So, uh, you know, jump in one of those. Mainly the Twitter thing I'm very active on. So I uh, hope to see you in, in, that, in the Twitterverse. Thank you once again. And thank you guys for showing up. I uh, really appreciate your time. Oh, uh, real yeah. quick. Um, if you want to take what's in the broadcast chat and put it up on Twitter for yourself, for your oh, yeah. viewers, uh, yeah. go ahead and do that if you want. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's it. Right on. So those who are listening, if you do want to see the stuff that we're talking about, you could see it in our Discord, first of all, in the broadcast chat. It's just chilling in there. And if not, um, I'll make sure to provide a link in the show notes to look at the images so you can see kind of what we were talking about. Perfect. All right. Have a good have a good day, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Take care.